Hello, and welcome back to Autumn All Year Round. So, let's just talk about um, the elephant in the room. My last episode came out October 6th, I believe, and it is now December 1st. So, I guess you could say my October and my November were pretty busy, uh, because they were. So, I was honestly just really busy with classes, and I'm a really last-minute person, so... I had a lot of stress because I left things for last minute and then had to do them and so on and so forth. Um, But anyway, just a little uh, catch up on my life. My classes are going pretty good. I feel like I'm learning a ton. Um, They are pretty difficult sometimes, um, but if I would just stay on top of them, it'd probably not be that bad. But yeah, things are going pretty well, and I'm really hoping that I can keep up this whole podcasting thing, because even if, like, only my mom and my dad listen to it, I would be happy. It's really fun. Um, It's kind of like a therapeutic thing. I think I said that in another episode, but yeah, it's really enjoyable, so I definitely plan on making more. I don't know how frequent they're going to be, but I'm thinking... My goal is, I guess I should say, is to record this episode and let it out, and then hopefully after finals are over, when I'm home for Christmas break, try to make one then, and maybe when I'm home over break, since I'll have so much free time, I could record some episodes that I could let out when I'm busy next semester, so maybe it can be a more continual thing, but anyway... To move on, let's talk about some things that happened in October and November. So in the last episode, I talked about how great and amazing October is, which it was. Halloween was great. Lots of great fall weather, um, crunchy leaves, ate some donuts, drank some coffee, you know, came home for fall break saw AJR in concert, which was really great, honestly. Um, They were amazing. I would definitely see them again. Got to hang out with my best friend Whitney at the concert, which was also amazing because I literally love her and miss her all the time. Um, Shout out to you if you're listening, Whitney. I love you. Um, And yeah, so I'm home for Thanksgiving right now. It was a pretty good break, and I'm headed back to Ohio in the morning and then two weeks and then Christmas break. So finals are coming up and yeah, I don't think they'll be that bad. Um, my, I would, I would say my semester was more like heavy in the middle. It wasn't that bad starting out and it's not that bad ending, but the middle of my semester was pretty wild. So hopefully things will go well and I'll pass all of my classes. Um, and I'm really excited. So yeah. Anyway, let's just get into this episode. Hopefully it's enjoyable for you um, because I'm definitely going to have fun recording it. So for the segment today, I posted on my Facebook um, a little status and I said, let's say I have a podcast. What subjects do you think I would have a unique or interesting perspective on. And I got some interesting comments, so I thought I'd go through and just touch on these topics quickly in this segment. So here we go. 
First, we have my friend Jack from Cedarville who says, Cats and leggings. This is a thing because I posted this... I, it wasn't really like a meme. It was a post of all these people who put leggings on their cats or like pantyhose on their cats and stuffed the legs so it looked like their cats had these really weird long legs and they put shoes at the end of it and it was just like honestly really creepy to me and like very weird but for some reason he just thought that it was really funny I mean I thought it was funny too but man he just like really thought that was funny hopefully he doesn't listen to this and think that I'm shading him because I'm not it's funny but he just thought that was really entertaining but I will say he said that it would make a better TV show than a podcast episode, which is probably right because I'm not great at explaining things, so I definitely just recommend looking up cats in leggings or cats in, like, pantyhose or something and uh, enjoying that content for what it is. It's definitely unique and kind of odd, but, you know, more power to you if you want to put your cat in leggings. You do you. Next, we have my friend Dominique from high school who says, should penguins wear tuxedos? Well, this is a, an interesting question. I would first say that, isn't it like a thing that penguins look like they're wearing tuxedos? So like, in theory, no, they shouldn't wear tuxedos because they already kind of have that look going on. However, if you are a penguin and you're just feeling like you just feel kind of naked or you just want to be fancy and look cool and you want to wear a tuxedo, then you know what? You do it. You're a penguin. You can do what you want. You're an animal, um, so you probably can't put it on yourself, but you know what? You just, I don't know, I was going to say chirp, but I don't really think penguins chirp. I guess just like yell at your zookeeper and be like, yo. I want a tuxedo. If you're not in a zoo, then I guess you're just going to have to find one. Don't know how you're going to do that. But, you know, if you really want to wear a tuxedo, I guess that's what you got to do. Dominique also said, why are Christmas trees pine trees? To that, I would say, Dominique, that historically Christmas trees were evergreen fern trees. Fir trees, not fern trees. Um... And they were used to celebrate winter festivals for pagans and Christians for thousands of years. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. So I guess they're really not always pine trees. I don't know what we use now. I honestly could have done, you know, some research, but I didn't. I just looked at the first thing that Google said, but I think that they're really pretty. So why question it? If it's, like, something that's so beautiful, like, first of all, I'm allergic to literally everything outside, including every type of tree except pine trees. So, maybe, you know, people were just thinking about me. Way in the past when they were choosing trees, they were like, someday somebody is going to be allergic to, like, literally everything outside except pine trees. And so they were like, guess we gotta do that. But honestly, I would think, like... They're one of the only trees that, like, has their greenery in the wintertime. Um, they smell good. Like, they're very fragrant trees. Uh, they're easy to hang things on. They're, like, nice and full-looking. 
I don't know. I think they're a beautiful tree. Maybe that's why they chose them. Um, I honestly think that would be really interesting to like read up about or do research on even though it's something really random. But I definitely think that it's a interesting topic question so thanks for that Dominique. Next my very dear friend Drew Sims from Cedarville says just baking. I don't bake but you know what um, I can talk about baking. So, in baking, you use eggs a lot, um, but you want to eat the batter. So it's like, do you want to eat raw egg and potentially get sick, or do you want to eat this really tasty batter? And I would say, always eat the batter. You know, if you're meant to die then, you know, then that's the plan God had for you. You might as well eat the batter. Um, but that's just me. I would do it. I love eating the batter. But to make things even better, you could make like vegan brownies and then you can eat the batter because you're not using eggs or any other animal product. So go ahead, make some vegan brownies or something. I don't know if they taste good, but I don't see why not. I don't see why they wouldn't. But I don't bake a lot, but I feel like I always watch like baking videos and baking hacks on Instagram, so I really feel like, in theory, I should be putting these things I'm learning, like, to the test and, like, use them, but I just don't because, you know, why? I'm just lazy. I don't want to do this. I'd rather have someone bake for me, so, Drew, if you're listening to this and you want to bake me something, like, go ahead. I will eat it. I love dessert. I also just love breakfast foods, and I feel like you have to bake a quiche, and I love quiche because I like eggs and I like breakfast foods, so I don't know what I'm supposed to say about baking, but that's about all I can say for that. The next topic I have is from my dear friend Emma from Cedarville, who, by the way, Emma, if you're listening to this, congratulations! She just got engaged to her very sweet boyfriend and now fiancé, Nick. And I'm very excited for them, and I can't wait because I think they're a great couple, and they're adorable. But anyway, Emma says cults. Um, She said this because I have, like, this weird obsession with, like, learning about cults. Um, I think it stems from my general love for learning about other religions. Um, I just find it really interesting. Um, You know... When I was younger, I was really interested in, like, learning about different countries, which, like, led into learning about their culture and their language, which led to their religion, and their religion led to, like, other weird things, and then eventually when you get so deep, there's, like, there's pretty much a cult in every area of the world, you know, like, there's always somebody who takes religion and power to the next level that doesn't need to be taken to but when they do it's like super interesting especially when you get into things that are like super mainstream like Scientology but even more so like Mormonism is a very mainstream cult you can be part of so that's like super interesting but so I think my like love and interest in cults comes from my like craving for knowledge about other religions, but also like psychology because it's really interesting like the type of people who lead cults and also 
people who are like very likely to join because um, you know if you're leading a cult you're more likely to be um, domineering or even sometimes you're a weak person who just really craves power and you use the power any power you can find and lord it over people who are weaker than you so you don't necessarily even have to be like this very strong domineering person as long as you can find people who are um, weaker than you uh, so that's just really interesting um, maybe I'm thinking that I'll do like an episode where I have just a segment about cults in and of themselves so I don't want to talk too much about it but yeah super interesting love that um, kind of going along with that, my sister says, is Bigfoot real? Um, yes, Rachel, Bigfoot is real. There's people with many big feet out there. Um, but I know you mean like Bigfoot, like the mythical creature. And I say, you know what? Sure. Why not? You, you can't prove me that he doesn't, you know, exist. You can't prove that he does, but you can't prove that he doesn't. Therefore, um, he could. It's kind of like, what is it, Schroding, Schrodinger's cat? Uh, that's really embarrassing, I can't say that. But I'm gonna keep it in because we're real here, you know? We show that I can't speak. Obviously, since you've been listening to this, you can tell that already. So if you hear any squeaking, it's the chair I'm sitting in, and I'm very sorry. I keep, like, spinning myself in the chair. But anyway, that has nothing to do with Bigfoot. So... Is Bigfoot real? Sure. Why not? You know? So I'm just gonna go through a couple of the others really quick. My friend Kazaya, love her. She's like half of my favorite couple, Kurt and Kazaya. They're like, I just love them so much. Anyway, she says, do the birds really work for the bourgeoisie? And to that, all I can say is, all of the birds died in 1986 due to Reagan killing them and replacing them with spies that are now watching us. The birds work for the bourgeoisie. So my next comment is, can you film the air? I have no idea. Um, my brother said yes, but I mean, I guess when you're thinking about it, can you film the air? I mean, yeah, you can't see it, but you can still film it, you know? Like, that's like saying, um, can you film the wind? Because you can film the wind, you can't see the wind, but you know it's there. So, yes. Oh, and I forgot to say, that's coming from my Aunt Marie. Shout out to you, Aunt Marie. She's always liking my stuff on Facebook. She is, like, my biggest fan. So, love you. Shout out to you. And then at the very end, it looks like my friend Emma, again, had one last comment, and she said, Do we really have hands? This comment comes from this argument we talked about in philosophy with one of my favorite professors at Cedarville, Dr. Gail Hooley. He will probably never listen to this, so um, I don't have to shout him out, but I will anyway. Shout out to you, Dr. Gail Hooley. You're a great professor. You know, love ya. Okay, that was weird. That was a little too far. I just think you're a great professor. But do we really have hands? So I think I'm going to get this wrong because this was like so long ago. But uh, I'm pretty sure the argument goes like this. So it's like, 
you can't prove that you are more than a brain in a box. Because if you're just a brain in a box, you can imagine everything. You can imagine that you have a body. You can imagine that the world around you exists. Um, but you can't prove that you are more than that. Because I can't remember exactly why, but it's just like you have no proof that any of the matter is real. So, like, the very, like, basis... Basis. The very, like, basic idea of the argument is, like, do you even have hands? Because you can't prove that you have hands. Like, you can touch your hands, but your brain can just imagine that you're touching your own hands, or that you're touching other people, or that you're actually, like, having conversations, you know? It's kind of, to me, in my brain, when I think about it, it seems similar to, like, simulation um, theory. Like, you're just... Um, like a simulation in somebody's brain so like the idea is similar in that like everything around me is just a simulation coming from my brain there's no way I can like prove that any of that is real it could just be my made up memory it started when I was born and my brain just made this past this imaginary past and um, just imagines everything that happens to me and everything in the world that I know of, like anything I interact with until I die. And I could be totally wrong um, because I can't really remember. I took this class so long ago, but it's kind of similar to that. And I thought it was really interesting. I really enjoyed that class. I would take it again because I feel like um, I paid attention a lot, but I feel like I was so nervous about taking the class and nervous that I wouldn't remember the information that I didn't soak it in as something I'm interested in and more like took it in as like I have to memorize this for the exam like I feel like I don't remember enough of the specifics so I definitely need to you know find my notes and work through them or like rebuy the book I bought or maybe just sit into that class if I can again but yeah it was really interesting and I believe that is all of the comments. Oh, I have one last one from my dear roommate, Caitlin, who I love so much. And she said, can you talk about the transformation of musicians from pop to metal or a blend of the two? Um, she specifically said this because we recently have been like super into Poppy, who is just so interesting. I have to talk about her in a future episode. There's no way. I can um, explain her in this short segment because I'm almost over the time for this segment anyway. So thank you, Caitlin, for that. I'm definitely going to make that into an episode itself. Um, so definitely look forward to that. Maybe I'll do like a half cults, half poppy episode. Um, that would be super interesting. So maybe I will do that. But anyway, let's move on to our next topic. Alright, so now I'm going to bring in a topic that is random. Um, my whole podcast is random, but I feel like this is something that, like, if you're listening and you've listened to the past episodes, you may not expect me to talk about, but I kind of want to bring things into the podcast that, like, is just, like, interesting to me, um, because 
as I said previously, this is just kind of like a me talking for an hour or so kind of podcast, but I'm writing a paper for my church history class that's about Francis of Assisi, who I have found out is not only the most loved medieval saint in Catholicism, but is also the most loved saint by Protestants. Which I thought was super interesting because I had definitely heard about him before. That's kind of why I chose to write about him. And yeah. So Francis of Assisi um, was kind of a missional, an early missional kind of guy. Um, And he really wanted to preach to a lot of people. Like as many people as possible, but specifically non-Christians, and he worked with some, um, a Muslim community in Egypt for a short time during, I think, the Fifth Crusade, um, but we'll get into that in a minute, but I just wanted to say, um, I'm going to be taking my information from A Concise History of Christian Thought by Tony Lane and also Church History Volume 1 From Christ to the Pre-Reformation by Everett Ferguson. So that's where I'm getting my information from. I'm just going to kind of go over some interesting things I've learned in my research so far from my paper, which is due soon. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to cover it because I thought he was interesting. So, he was born in approximately 1181-1182. They're not exactly sure. I guess it's kind of fuzzy. I mean, that was a long time ago. He was the son of a wealthy cloth merchant in Assisi. And Assisi is like uh, Italy. Central Italy, I think. Um, And Tony Lane said that he had a very uneventful life until... He had many encounters with God in the early 20s, I mean in his early 20s, that caused him to leave his wealthy life and live a life of poverty. Um, I think the way Tony Lane described it was he saw poverty as like his wife, like he married poverty, um, because poverty was the widow of Christ when Christ died. So then he picked that life up and he's going to live a life of poverty and simplicity, which I thought was a really interesting way to say it. But, um, so what had happened in his 20s was once while he was praying in a ruined church outside of a sissy, um, he heard a voice telling him that he needed to rebuild the church. So when he was re- rebuilding the church he realized he needed some more money so what he did is he took some of his father's cloth sold it for money to rebuild this church um obviously his father was upset so he took him to the bishop who told him like hey you need to get my son to give me money back or like the church needs to give me my money back for my cloth and francis being kind of dramatic i would say tore all of his own clothes off until he was naked and gave them to his father to pay for this debt he owed him and then from that point on the only father that francis had was the father in heaven so that's interesting um so he lived pretty much a wandering life of poverty but apparently once he was in a church and he heard matthew 7 through 10 as Tony Lane says, but Ferguson says that it was Matthew 10, 5 through 16. So a little difference there. Um, I guess Ferguson's just 
included more verses, but either way, he heard this preached and uh, he felt like he needed to take this as like how he was going to live his life. He wanted to live in poverty and he wanted to live his life the way that Matthew 10, 5 through 16 or 7 through 10 says to live. Um, in 1212, he was joined by a woman named Claire who was rather rich, I believe, um, Tony Lane said. Yes, so she was a young heiress in a sissy, um, but she had come to accept his ideals of simplicity and poverty, so she let the, those things go in her life and founded the Poor Claires, which is like the female version of Franciscans. Um, so... I thought that was pretty interesting. You don't get to hear about a lot of women in the early church. Uh, I mean, you can, but it's definitely obvious, um, obviously not as prominent as men in the early church, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so Francis to the Muslim community, uh, when he was off on, what did I say? Like the fifth, yeah, the fifth crusade in 1219, he left and he was granted permission to meet with a Muslim sultan in Egypt um, and he worked with them for some time but unfortunately there wasn't any conversion to be seen there um, but I thought it was interesting because I went to the EMS which I believe stands for the Evangelical Mission Society I think and um, I went with the class last year and there's this guy who presented a paper where he argued that Francis of Assisi was like the first missionary of the church, obviously besides like people in the Bible like Paul and all the early church founders, fathers. Um, but he said that he would like, I don't want to use the word see, he would recommend that the church acknowledges Francis as, like, the first missionary because he was, um, very missional in his actions towards the Muslims and non-Christians in general, which I thought was super interesting. Um, I didn't even know that there was any mission to the Muslim community that early in the church, so, yeah. Anyway, during the time he was gone, some other people had taken control of his father followers, the Franciscans, um, but that was okay for him because he resigned as leader in 20, I mean 1220. Anyway, uh, I guess because he just kind of wanted to move on, keep going with a simple life. Didn't let it bother him, I guess. Um, so he had lots of writings. He wrote a primitive rule, which is now lost in like 1209, 1210. In 1221, he wrote the first rule. In 1223, the second rule. 1225, uh, he wrote Testament and um, Canticle of Brother Son. Could have said that wrong. Definitely did not try to say that before I started the podcast. So, But something I thought was super interesting was that Tony Lane said that St. Francis was actually not the author of the 19th century prayer, Prayer of St. Francis, which was interesting to read about it. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, maybe you should play a game. And like every time I say interesting, eat an Oreo because you'll probably throw up at the end. I was going to say like 
take a drink, but I just don't recommend that. That sounds really unhealthy. So did the Oreos, I guess. Um, do something healthy, like take a shot of kombucha every time I say interesting. Um, so yeah, then he died in 1266. Oh, I forgot something that was like really important in the middle of that. So in 1224, which I think, let me check real quick. I think that there was a very specific date given for this very interesting, take a shot of kombucha, fact right here, which was um, the stigmata. So Tony Lane said that, um, well, St. Francis is not the only one who has ever received, I guess, the stigmata. He is like the first recorded person and I think like the most notable person to have experienced this, um, I don't know, phenomenon, I guess you could call it. Um, but it happened in 1224 and yeah, so... Ferguson does give an exact date. He gives September 14th, 1224. So that's very specific. I don't know how he, they would know that that's the exact date that that happened when they don't even know the exact year he was born. But, you know, that's just how history works, I guess. But anyway, in 1224, while praying at Mount Alverna, Francis had a vision of the cross and received this phenomenon of the stigmata. So if you don't know what the stigmata is, I didn't know until actually I watched this episode of the X-Files where this kid was like having this happen to him. And I was like, I have to research what this is. This is so weird. Is this like something they made up for the show? Or is this like an actual thing? I just don't know about. But anyway, the stigmata is like this phenomenon where somebody sees the wounds of Christ from the cross on their own body. So like the wounds in the hands, the feet, the side. Um, so like the five wounds of Jesus on their body. So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. I don't know that much about it. I definitely would love to research it more because it just sounds so interesting. And I don't think there's any instances of that in the Bible, if there is, then, like, I've literally never heard of it, so, I don't know, it's, it's a curious thing, very curious, but some random things from my church history Ferguson book that, um, I wrote down, um, was that Francis was named Francis because his dad, like, had an affection, or, like, he really liked and enjoyed French things, so he named him Francis, like, French. So I thought that was interesting. I also wonder, like, how do they know that? Did he, like, write it in a letter? Or are they just guessing? It's just... It's a weird thing to know. But... Um... I think that's kind of all I had for that. But, yeah, I definitely think he's, like, an interesting character. Um... I recommend looking into him, whether you're religious or not, just because he just seemed to have lived such an, in I'm trying not to say it, such an intriguing life. Um, but yeah, I actually wanted to write my paper about this woman named Gertrude the, Gertrude the Great, and 
let me flip to that chapter in the book and maybe tell you a little bit about her because I thought she was a very curious character. Okay, so Gertrude the Great was uh, alive 1256 to 1301 or 1302 and was of the convent at Helfta. I could have said that wrong. But anyway, she was one of the learned women visionaries. So, like, I guess in the early church, women had, like, or seemed to have the spiritual gift of, like, visions and prophecy, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure because there wasn't that much information in the book about it, but there was a little section. Um, the section, if you have the book, is called Women's Spirituality, The Problem of Comprehensiveness. It's on page 513 if you're interested in that. But anyway, so she was like this lady who had visions. Um, I guess one of the visions she often had was the heart of Christ, um, which made her an early advocate for devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. Um, I guess she recorded prayers and recorded her visions of Jesus and Mary, and they were collected together after her death into like a book called Herald of Divine Love. Um, she had some composed prayers, which are called the Spiritual Exercises, which was actually just like a guide of devotions for her sister nuns. Um, and I guess she was never formally canonized as a saint, but she's usually regarded as a saint. You can like look her up and she'll be like St. Gertrude the Great. Um, yeah. So something I thought was interesting was um, Gertrude viewed Mary as the Virgin Mother, um, and she viewed her as seated beside Christ because she felt that Jesus was great enough that he should be the only, um, one, the only person who is venerated. Um, she felt like Mary shouldn't be venerated because Jesus possessed maternal and masculine characteristics, so there's no need for a feminine expression in the deity. So, like, Mary's not a deity. Um, she did say, however, that she felt... I don't want to say, like, upset, but she felt kind of uneasy because she felt like maybe Mary would be displeased with her for devoting all of her time and like all of her love and prayers to Christ so she often asked Christ to intercede um to Mary for her because she didn't want Mary to be upset with her but she just felt like she felt convicted about venerating Mary and she felt like she shouldn't so she didn't and instead of venerating Mary because she felt guilty for it she just didn't and she just said hey like if I should be venerating her can you, like, tell her? Um, but yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to write my paper about her, but I couldn't really find a lot of information, so I just didn't. Um, but the whole section was interesting. I have never had any vision, so I guess I wouldn't know anything about that. I don't know how, like, common this actually was. Like everything else I've said in this podcast, it's definitely something I want to research more because I just feel like it's such an interesting phenomenon. So yeah, um, I should probably wrap this segment up and move on. So maybe if you're interested and you're listening, if you're interested in me talking more about 
um, classes I'm taking or this class in, sp in particular, shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I'll leave those in the description of the episode, but yeah, let's move on. So to continue this common thread among my podcasts, I'll talk about some media I have been consuming lately. The first thing I wanted to cover was a movie called Burning. It came out in 2018 and it's a drama mystery and it's like almost three hours long and it's really good. So I originally wanted to watch it because it's a Korean movie. I am really into Korean cinema. Um, but not all of it. Like, I'm not super into, like, the really dramatic K-dramas. Sometimes I'll watch one, but usually I'm in just into, like, more chill things, um, which I am normally in American or really any other place in the world, any language or group. Um, so media, I'm not, like, super into, like, rom-coms or, like, super romantic things, you know? But... Anyway, Burning has Steven Yoon. I think I'm saying his name right, but um, you, if you watch The Walking Dead, you'd know him as Glenn. So he's Korean, if you didn't know. So he spoke Korean through the whole movie. And obviously, I am not Korean, and I don't speak Korean. But to me, he sounded really good. I'm pretty sure he grew up in the United States. Um, but yeah, super good. Um, played a really interesting character. I felt like his character's named Ben, and he's this very mysterious, um, rich character. I think one of the other characters refers to him as kind of like a Gatsby type. Like, he's very rich. You don't really know where he got his money from. You don't really know what he does. He's just kind of mysterious and does all of these interesting things with his life. Um, but yeah, really good depth in his character. Um, pretty good. So the other two main characters, um, are also obviously Korean since it's a Korean movie and I'm hopefully not going to say their names wrong, but if I do, I'm so sorry. Um, I think they were both amazing actors and played their parts so well, but I'll talk about them each individually. So, um, the woman who was... The main character, well, I don't know if she would be considered the main character, but she was like one of the main characters. Um, the story kind of centered around her, where her heart wasn't that big, but her name is Jian Jung So. Seo. Um, I definitely recommend looking these people up, um, like looking up the movie and seeing the cast so you can see who they are because I can't pronounce <laughs> these Korean names very well. But her character, she played really well. She was kind of a, I don't want to say ditzy, because she wasn't ditzy, but, like, she was a very odd kind of, um, free spirit type, very floaty, kind of did what she wanted, not very into, like, being part of the society and, like, getting a good office job they stay in, like, she kind of just floated from thing to thing, and... Like, her big thing is she went to Africa because she was just so interested in this this culture of this certain group in Africa where, like, they had this thing called Little Hunger and Big Hunger 
something like that and like the little hunger is like your actual physical hunger and the big hunger is like searching for the meaning of life and that's kind of what her character was doing like she was looking for something deeper looking for something more there and such like I feel like for a character you don't get that much time with who doesn't have like that many words her character is also very deep like I feel like if I watched this movie again I could see more little things about her that I didn't see you watching the first time so anyway so the next character is who I would say was the main character um and his name is Yu Ahin um again should probably look him up but his character is kind of like the main character like the movie opens and you're like with him and he's throughout the whole movie most of the movie you're with him I really can't even think of any scenes that don't have him in it like he is like the main character his character has a lot of depth because the movie itself doesn't have that much talking in it there's a lot of like I don't want to say dead space because everything that's happening like plays into the storyline but like there's not always talking there's a lot of like silent scenes just looking at him and like what he's doing and how he's interacting with different people or interacting with different objects um, the places he's in but he went to college to be a writer he already did his military service um, and so he doesn't have a lot of money because he's not really looking for a job that's gonna make him a lot of money because he wants to be a writer he wants to write books um, and his mother left him when he was young and his father it gets himself in some trouble which you find out in the movie so he's just got a lot going on and he went to school with the female character and they meet up and he's the one who drives her to the airport and picks her up from the airport and she, um, the female character meets Steven Yoon's character in Africa and they come back and then all the characters interact together and there's this interesting I want to say dichotomy I'm hoping I'm using this word correctly here but like there's this interesting dichotomy between the two main um, male characters because you have this one character who's a writer kind of struggling for money um, obviously he isn't rich and he's not that mysterious um, I don't know I don't want to say he's more plain but like to the average person just looking from the outside looking at him he would, might seem like a very plain normal person um, but then just an, if you're just someone random looking at um, Steven Yoon's character you see like this mysterious guy and you're like he's so rich and he must be so interesting and he does all these weird things and like he went to Africa and um, so they're kind of both competing almost for this female character but not really in the way that you think like I said it's like a mystery drama um, but yeah it's I think Netflix described it as a slow burn which it definitely is like it's a it's all like I said it's almost three hours but it almost feels like you're sitting there watching it forever but like in the best way possible at least for me like a lot of people might get bored with it and want to skip through it but I was just 
so interested in this like abstract movie like I don't even know how to describe it I'd say it's probably more of like an artsy film kind of like a Sundance like when you think Sundance films are a little more artsy um, but I definitely think it's something like that but it's definitely like a slow movie but you're at least for me I was so interested I wanted to know how this was gonna turn out and the most frustrating thing is you really don't get any clear-cut answers about anything in the plotline and you kind of have to like puzzle put these puzzle pieces together and try to figure out what you think happened but even what you think happened doesn't necessarily mean like that's what happens but you don't get to figure it out so it's like the whole movie you kind of feel uneasy and then at the end you feel really uneasy because you're like I don't know if this happened and it was just like in my mind and in, in this male character you Ian's character's um, mind is it just like what he made up and that's I'm seeing it through his eyes and that's why I feel about it or is that like really what happened and Steven Yoon's characters really like what I think he's like and or maybe that didn't happen and he was just so frustrated because you know it's just I don't want to give too much of it away that's why I'm trying not to like talk about the plot too much but I definitely recommend it it's so interesting um I didn't realize I was going to spend this whole segment talking about this but yes it's called Burning came out in 2018 it's on Netflix you can watch it there and it was directed by Lee Chang Dong I think I said that right and he's a South Korean director um I've heard that his other movies are really good I've never watched any of them and I can't think of any of the titles off the top of my head but I think I'll definitely try to uh look some of his other films up and see if it's good um I don't know I think I think that even if this isn't like the type of film for you you'd probably know somebody who would like it so I recommend just trying to watch it um if you get bored with it, just skip through it, because I'm telling you, like, it's worth the uneasy feeling you get at the end. But apparently it was based off of a book called Barn Burning, which was um, a story written by William Falk- Faulkner in 1939 or something. But um, I was reading and it said, like, it's not like a retelling of that story, but it's just kind of based off of these ideas from that story. And... Yeah, it had a 95% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so I feel like that's probably a good thing. But I definitely recommend it, especially if you like artsy films or mysteries or... I don't know. Just good, good films. But... So besides that... Um, I haven't really been watching anything particular because I've just been busy with school. Um, But I have been listening to a lot of Tame Impala just because it's like good music to listen to when you're studying because it's just the words aren't distracting because they're not that clear and the music's kind of repetitive but not too repetitive to where it gets annoying and it's just kind of like a continuous hip-hop-y. I don't know. It's not really hip-hop. I don't really know how to describe it kind of music but it's like chill it's calming um at first I didn't like it like it took me a while I kept listening to it because I was like there's something I like about it but I don't know if I like it like I couldn't tell if I liked it so I just kept listening to it and after a while I really liked it I 
definitely enjoy it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I think it's one guy who does it. Like, he does the vocals and does all the music. It's kind of, like, electronic. Um, I read when I was first looking into it that, like, some people say it's kind of, like, psychedelic pop or rock. Like, a mix between the two. Um, I like it because some of the songs, when you're listening in headphones, it sounds like it's going in one ear and out one ear and, like, flossing through your ears. So it's really... I don't know. I was gonna say satisfying, but it's not. Cause like I'm not like an ASMR kind of person. But if you like ASMR, you'd probably love that. But it is like a nice feeling. It's like weird, but it's enjoyable. But yeah, I definitely recommend Tame Impala. I've also been listening to just some random things like. Like the soundtracks for movies because they're super chill and calming and actually I do a lot of homework to the Minecraft music because it's literally just random chill music so chill I definitely recommend doing homework to that but yeah I guess there's another movie I wanted to talk about but Oh, I guess. You know, I have three minutes. I can do this really quick. So it's called Dumplin'. It has Jennifer Aniston in it. And pretty much Jennifer Aniston was a pageant queen when she was younger. And she still lives in the same small hometown. So she's kind of like a small town celebrity kind of thing. And she has this daughter who was pretty much raised by her aunt because um, her mom, like Jennifer Aniston's character was too busy. But then her aunt dies and they kind of have to like learn to live together and do things together and it's just a really sweet story I definitely um, recommend watching it it's just very cute it was very short um, it was adorable it's on Netflix I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix original um, it's based around a lot of Dolly Parton music um, because it was set in Texas and I guess when you're from Texas you have to like Dolly Parton which I mean I think some of her music's fun. I think it's more like catchy than anything. Like I don't know if I actually like it or if it's just really catchy. But yeah, Dumplin' um, without the G because we're from the South here. We don't use our ending letters, okay? But yeah, y'all should watch As per usual, at the end of every episode, I give you a podcast recommendation for a podcast I enjoyed. And I'm pretty sure the last two podcast recommendations I gave you were also for fiction podcasts because I love storytelling and I love fiction stories. So unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for you, here's another fiction podcast. I promise eventually we'll make it around to the nonfiction podcast, okay? Like, real people, real stories, but this one was too good, and I felt like it goes good with, like, the end of the fall season, like, the spooky season, because Thanksgiving just happened and Christmas is coming up, so if you want to continue your spooky season, you can listen to this podcast. So today's podcast recommendation is Lake Clarity, and on Stitcher, it has a little description I'm going to read to you. It says, five teens head up to Cape 
Camp Clarity to celebrate their last summer together, but little do they know that they're about to stumble on some dark secrets that surround the lake. This podcast was really cute um, and interesting. I liked it a lot. It has very much a, like, Stranger Things vibe, like, there's this government thing they figure out is kind of happening and there's weird creatures and there are a ton of kids and like here's this mystery but the season ends in a very different way than you're expecting it to and then the next season comes on and you're like this has nothing to do with the previous season but then eventually it does and it's really good it was a really quick listen I'm pretty sure I binge listened to both of the seasons that are out in like a week maybe but I think in the last episode I said something like I binge listen to podcasts very quickly so it may take you longer and that could be really enjoyable for you if you just want to listen to an episode every night or like a couple episodes like you're watching a show but you're listening you're like envisioning the show in your mind but I definitely recommend it it's cute um it's got some interesting twists and turns it's definitely very Stranger Things-esque, but, um, I would say it's not as, um, happy-go-lucky as Stranger Things can be. It's a little more, um, spooky and thrilling, I would say, and it's cute. I definitely recommend it. And I always say I definitely recommend it, like, a million times, um, which I don't need to say because that's literally what this segment of the podcast is. So I don't really need to say it. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. I definitely, definitely recommend this podcast, Lake Clarity, to you. So you can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify and probably any other podcast app that you use. Um, you can even check for it on Anchor where this podcast is made. Um, yeah. So if you listen to it, let me know what you think. You can shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter. My ats will be in the description of this episode along with some links to playlists of mine and a link to like Clarity's podcast. Um, yeah. So I think that's it for today. Thank you for listening and putting up with me and my ranty podcast. Hopefully the audio was a little better this time because I'm using my brother's headphones that are like made for Twitch streamers. So hopefully it sounds better than my old headphone mic did, but I can't guarantee anything for the sound quality because I'm still kind of learning how to do these things. So hopefully I can get like an external mic and it can sound better, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. If you have any topics you want me to discuss, shoot me a message, like I said, and if you want to hear more about any of the topics that were covered, again, just let me know what you want, and I will cover it. Uh, yeah, so that's it for today. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your time until I make another episode, because as we all know, who knows when another episode's going to come out, so you better be having good days every day, okay? You better just do it for me because I'm going to be real stressed out with finals coming up. So just knowing other people are having like great days will just make me feel better. So thank you for listening. Um, that's all folks. Is that copyrighted? Like, am I allowed to say that? 
because that's like a Looney Tunes thing. Who cares? You know what? Let's go.